good morning good afternoon and good evening the next 24 hours are going to be amazing from the book house of foxes i'm narrating one chapter every week it's pavish bitter chapter 28 finding sara we arranged for the ticket from our savings that we had gathered over the years this short trip gave purpose to my life i did not want to lose it both of us were reflecting on our journey from iraq to sweden and finally to the usa we owed our lives to anka who helped us get here in the usa it was only fair that we thanked her in person farhad had written down the address and the home phone number in a small diary which he had safely stored underneath his mattress it was the same diary he used when anka gave us instruction while we were escaping to the usa from sweden he had neatly saved it deep down he knew that he would go back to her to thank her some day that day had arrived it was summer in sweden which meant the days were longer and sunlight extended till midnight we landed in stockholm at around 8:20 pm on a tuesday the sun was still bright as it would have been at 4 pm in new york we took a taxi to anka's address when we reached the destination the memories of the time we spent there came crashing onto us we stood there in a silence gazing at the door of the building we dragged our feet towards the door looked around and realized nothing had changed even after so many years i rang the doorbell a young boy opened and said bob is not here today come later farhad asked him in kurdish is anka there the young boy replied yes yes she is teaching in that classroom pointing towards the door and he ran away we entered the building and sat at the bench near her room i stood up to peek inside the classroom to take a look at anka she was sitting on a chair behind a table and teaching the class she had short white hair and she looked much older than the last time i saw her 
we stood there waiting for her class to get over madam anka farhad knocked on the door she replied yes we are finished for the day you can go home now without taking her eyes off from the notepad on which she was writing madam anka how are you i'm farhad and this is rohat do you remember us anka looked up in urgency with her eyebrows squeezed together to get a good look at us i am farhad this is ali you helped us you helped us to escape to america whispered farhad anka had aged gracefully her hair had turned white and her blue eyes didn't see very well without her glasses a happy smile rushed onto her face she put on her glasses looked at ali and said you haven't changed same brown eyes and smile i remember you ali come here give me a hug she closed her work and took us to the small kitchen to make tea for us and said you must be tired from the long journey do you want to have a tea or coffee let's have tea after you left for america i took a desk assignment here in the office i teach swedish and english to refugees coming to stockholm it helps them and as you can see i'm old it is difficult to travel at this age i was quietly sitting and listening to farhad and anka talk i was looking at the picture collage on the kitchen walls they were pictures of the people who had been there everyone had a smile on their face it must be their memory of this place before they left for a better place anka anka our conversation was interrupted by a young girl anka replied sara trafa farad okheli i looked her at her amazement my eyes lit up looking at her i kept staring at the girl i thought i had found my little sister i asked her do you remember me i am rohat do you remember idris she had no idea what i was talking about she was lost she did not understand what was going on anka and farhad couldn't understand either but it suddenly came to farhad's mind that i must be thinking about my little sara when anka had rescued me i was alone no one else in my family was found which meant that there were chances of her being alive 
but I did not know where to find her. I had to try. The girl had no clue what was going on. She kept staring at me. And I kept asking her. I realized she was not my Sara. I was embarrassed and apologized to her. Sorry. I thought you were my younger sister. I'm really sorry, ma'am. We spoke to Anka about our lives in America, the country which destroyed my home, but also gave me a new home to live. We got the taste of the American dream. I was quiet while they talked. I was thinking about Sarah. I interrupted them. How would you look at a missing person in Sweden? And if she had ever been able to unite families of people who had escaped from Iraq and had come to Sweden. She said Yes, we had two cases in the last 10 years where we reunited two families after they fled their country. Our agency that works in Iraq maintains the records of the people they rescue. Can I access them? I quickly replied. Where can I find those records? I was in a hurry now. Yes, you can write to the agency and they will let you know if they have the information. I'll give the details tomorrow. We finished talking and went to our hotel. I went running to the hotel lobby to look for a computer with internet access to search for all the Swedish agencies that worked in Iraq during the Desert Fox operation. I found a few agencies and noted down their email addresses to send them an email. In my room, I scribbled the draft of the email I wanted to write, giving them precise information to locate Sarah if they ever came across her. I woke up early the next day. Honestly, I did not sleep. I went for a long run to clear my anxiety. I wrote emails to all the agencies that I had found on the internet. This was the draft. Dear Madam or Sir, I am Rohit Bidlisi. I was 8 years old when my world changed. My life and family were taken away from me during Operation Desert Fox. I saw my father, mother and my elder brother dead body lying next to me. But I couldn't find my little sister Sara. For the last 10 years, I have been living in the USA and regretting 
leaving her behind. I was not old enough then to do anything, but I am old now to make a choice. I want to find her and reunite with whatever little is left behind. Sarah was six years old when our family was killed. She had brown eyes and dear eyes. I'm writing to you to see if you have a record of a little girl rescued during the 1998-1999 Desert Fox operation. I'm willing to take this chance and will not rest till I find her. Thank you. Signed, Rohat Bidlisi. I sent over 35 emails to everyone that I found from the internet search. I was on a mission. I spent the morning and afternoon sending out emails. I was so engrossed that I forgot to have my breakfast and it was the end of lunch hour at the hotel. I grabbed a sandwich from the bakery from the street and went for a jog again. The physical inactivity and the absence of boxing routine made me anxious and mentally weak. I went to sleep early and woke up at 2 a.m. that night. I had a bad dream. I dreamt that Sarah was abducted and killed by the Taliban. I woke up and went running to the hotel lobby to check if anyone had responded to my email. No one had. I was looking for a star in the Milky Way. I was hoping to find Sarah, but the dream had scared me. I checked my email every couple of hours for next three, four days. But I did not receive any response. I tried calling them, but everyone had the same response. They are overwhelmed with the on-site operations and would look for Sarah's information as soon as they can. But I was not going to give up soon. Six days passed by. I told Ferhad, let's go to Tikrit. Tell us look for Sarah. I had one track vision. Ferhad said yes. It was the first time he had seen me take an initiative in the recent months after my boxing ban. We booked a flight to Baghdad. Our shavings were shrinking with every impulsive decision I was taking. We landed in Baghdad on a Friday evening. As we were American citizens, we were taken to a different immigration counter. It was deja vu. The memory of running away to America from Sweden came rushing back to us. The immigration officer asked us, What is the purpose of your visit? This time I could reply, and I lied. I am a USA national boxer and I am here to train little children in the sport of boxing so that they don't stray away to a violent life 
and he's my father ferhad and my coach we will conduct few workshops for the schools and get back to new york in 10 days the officer was pleasantly surprised and told us you will have to stay in a hotel near the us embassy and the embassy will guide you with further instructions this country is not safe for visitors especially from the west good luck with your workshop that was the first time i had lied in front of farhad and he wasn't mad at me i think that is what growing up means we did not follow the officer's advice and stayed in a local hotel due to our budget constraints we did not inform the us embassy of our arrival either we started to go to the local agency offices by ourselves and look for sara's information our routine was to wake up at 7 a.m. and knock on every agency's office where they kept the records and archives 7 days passed by without any clue or shred of hope we had to go to the village and ask the locals around we had only 3 days left before our flight back to new york deciding to take our last shot we rented a taxi to drive us to our village in tikrit district salam walikum take us to the tikrit jalawla please i told the driver he was amused he had heard that name after a long time no one lives there it's a ghost town he replied where did the rest of the villagers go i asked him he said they all moved to a nearby village or were killed in the battle between the americans and the talibs my flight was in a few days i told the driver take us to the city and handed him two 50 dollar bills i just knew this 100 dollar is a huge amount of money for him and for us i did not want to lose this opportunity the driver agreed to stay with us for these 3 days and drive us to back to the airport we reached jalawla just when the sun was setting it was getting dark and we needed a place for the night our driver drove to the local market to ask around if there were any hotels around all of them were locked down or abandoned the tourism industry did not exist i asked our driver we can go to the nearby town and return to jalawla at the dawn he completely ignored my recommendation and walked out of the car to go and talk to a shopkeeper ferhad and i walked watched him talk to several shopkeepers 
he walked back with a little boy and a big smile he had managed to make a deal with the shopkeeper to rent his room for the night the little boy squeezed in the front seat next to me to show us the direction to his house we reached his house he ran inside to call out his mother we unloaded our bags from the taxi and waited for him at the door a woman came to the door with a little boy and two little girls both had a glass of water in their hands which they offered to us we settled in the room at the far end of the house it was an independent house at the far end of the main street it was probably the edge of the jalawla city the shopkeeper came home and all of us had a nice warm dinner that night i told them about my family who lived near tikrit and how i escaped and grew up in usa playing boxing i told them about my search for sara farhad was talking to the shopkeeper about the times he lived there and how times have changed we retired to the dawn in the backyard the sky was clear that night and there were no skyscrapers to block the stars farhad fired up the earthen shisha and smoked with the man i watched them they had a feeling of being home that feeling when you return home after a long journey they had peace emanating from their smiles next day we were ready to go and meet the local municipal office to find if they had any records of people who had moved there or to meet elders to know if they could provide any information or a clue on the villagers who moved here in 1998-1999 the little boy asked me can i come in the car with you the hard truth is that the taliban had destroyed all the decent schools and infrastructure in and around the city so the little children were taught in secrecy either by parents or brave teachers who would teach them in a safe house the shopkeeper's children were taught by one such brave teacher she had gone to baghdad to borrow some books from the library for the secret school the children were now at home enjoying playtime this worked well for us as the little boy could come with us and help us in finding the places and people faster than we could the taxi driver said candidly it is better to have children in the car to avoid attacks from the taliban or the rebels the little boy introduced me to everyone as his cousin we walked around the village together so that no one questioned me as a stranger i blended in we walked around talking to the village elders asking them 
about my family and relatives we did this for the next two days from dawn to dusk i did not find any leading clue the fighter in me was tired looking for hope my last night in jalabla was long and tearful i was not able to sleep early morning we had to return to baghdad city we thanked the family and said our goodbyes the children were sad to see us go as we had played together after dinner and i taught them boxing they loved it their sadness would vanish in a few days that day was the day they were going back to the secret school i offered to drop them to the school in the taxi it wasn't far from where we had to go and we had time for that we drove to their school a few blocks away and dropped them at the gate of a small house the children got off the taxi and looked sad they turned around and walked away entered the house and disappeared behind the door i was sad and happy at the same time we drove towards the baghdad airport we must have driven a few blocks when i discovered the little boy's lunch box left behind on the floor of the taxi i asked the driver do we have time to give this back to the boy yes yes we have enough time we can go back and give it to him we drove back again to the secret schoolhouse and i took the lunch box with me to give it to the boy i knocked on the door but no one answered so i entered the house looking for the classroom i followed the voice of the teacher behind the wooden partition there were 10 12 children sitting on the floor while the teacher was teaching them with her back towards the door the children screamed at me in unison as i was a stranger but the little boy came running and hugged me he introduced me to his friends and finally to his teacher good afternoon sara madam this is rohit my cousin i went numb i stared at sara without blinking end of chapter Our Voices is produced by Bhavish Pitter. Music by Anchor. Please check it out on my website houseoffoxes.com where you can also download the ebook or buy a paperback copy. I would love to know your feedback. And if you like this episode, please share it with your friends. You don't want them to miss out on this one. Oh yes. One last thing before I sign out. Breathe. Have a wonderful day. Great things are coming your way.